blast from our past network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown. Here are your hosts, Adam and John Spees. Welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown, a no-holds-barred trivia match between two contenders fighting for nostalgic glory. I'm your host, Adam Spees. I'm your co-host, John Spees. And today we are continuing round one of the Throwback Trivia Takedown patron tournament. Uh, Y'all heard the first episode, um, who uh, the winner, well actually, I don't know if I want to spoil any of the winners because we're recording before they've come out, so I'm not going to tell Ian and Scott who they will be facing, um, but you all know. You know who won, and this is exciting. It's fun stuff, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> all right, so in one corner, we have Ian from the Aegean. Schultz, actually, I have no idea if you're Greek or not, but it rhymed, and I needed to do something. So, <laughs> Ian, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Uh, so I live in Vermont, do tech support oh. for a living. And, you're, you're not uh, Turkish? You're not Greek? You're not. I, I'm not Greek. Oh, darn. No. <laughs> I took uh, a shot. German and Irish. <laughs> okay. All right. And in the other corner, we've got Scott Primetime Grimes. Uh, I think Deion Sanders might have a little uh, something to say about you taking primetime from him. But you know what? If anyone could, you could. If, if we space it out and it's primetime and not one word, hey. I, I don't think we'll have any legal issues. Okay. So we, <laughs> we, uh, we should be okay. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for this. Uh, Ian and I are both uh, Nor'easters. Uh, with him being in Vermont, me being in upstate New York. So, yes. uh, you know, we'll see uh, how this plays out. Yes, we will. Uh, but to find out how, we, uh, how we're going to play the game, let's hear the rules. Entering the ring are two contestants who will engage in three rounds of head-to-head trivia. Here are the rules. Round one consists of ten questions in different pop culture categories focused on a decade that will be randomized. If you answer incorrectly, your opponent has the chance to steal. And the categories are movies, music, television, toys and games, sports, fashion, slang, news and politics, literature, and food. Round two consists of the same 10 categories, but this time your opponent gets to pick your category. Each correct answer gives you 10 points. In the final round, you may bid up to as many points as you've earned before answering the final two questions. The categories for the final questions will be picked by the contestants but the decade will again be randomized from those remaining. You must get both answers correct to earn your wager. Now it's time for a takedown. Now that everyone knows how to play our game, I want to know both of y'all just a little bit better. And we haven't really done much in the food category, so I want y'all to tell me what is your favorite fast food restaurant? Uh, That's a a pretty easy one for me. Uh, It's White Castle. I know you guys don't have those down south. No. Uh, you guys got crystals down there, but uh, yeah, White Castle. Every time I go back home, um, got to make a pilgrimage. Very nice. 
Yeah, that's no, that's a good one. Um, I'm going to stick with burgers. Uh, I'm going to stick with burger chains that aren't in the South, so I can make it really difficult yeah. on them to choose who goes <laughs> first. Real time. Uh, and I'm going to go with In-N-Out Burger. Oh, well, I lived in Los Angeles for seven years. Uh, that does make it easy for me with those choices because uh, an In-N-Out Burger is superior. Now, it's not as amazing as people go crazy for. Like, that's one of the most hyped, like, ultra-pretentious fast food places when people like talk about oh i love in and out but it's still a good burger i i will say this and i don't know if this goes for you as well but i i lived in los angeles as well uh for mm-hmm. a year and my very first in and out burger was the best the best thing i ever had it got you know yeah worse and worse each time after <laughs> yeah. that be- because the novelty was gone yeah but that first initial bite was paradise <clears throat> Yep, I will agree with that. Now, granted, Ian, I have had quite a bit of crystal in my day. Uh, not too not too long ago, they were doing a um, all-you-can-eat crystal lunch, and so I went and I scarfed 20 crystals down, and I, I was hurting. So I enjoy those, but In-N-Out has got to take it. Uh, it is, a, and I, I like mine protein style. Like I get like a triple patty with protein style, with, uh, just so and mustard gri- mustard grilled. So anyway, that's me being a dork. But uh, Scott, because you g- gained just a little bit more of my love with In-N-Out, that means you get to pick first. I think we're just gonna stick uh, since we're talking about food. Let's go ahead and go with food. Okay. And your decade is the two thousands. All right. Introduced in 2003, this cereal tasted like Lucky Charms and Cocoa Puffs had a delicious baby. Sadly, it wasn't around for long, as it was primarily a promotional tool for the Disney film Lion King One and a Half, and it even featured Simba, Timon, and Pumbaa on the box. Wow. Um, I guess I wasn't eating this cereal around that time. I have no idea. So I'm just going to go out a mix of Lucky Charms and Cocoa Puffs. I'm just going to say it's called Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata. What a wonderful phrase, but it is incorrect. Ian, you get a chance to steal. Yeah. Not a huge fan of either of those cereals, so I don't think I would have ever picked this up. Um, Yeah, I I, I don't know. Um, Lion King Crunch. Lion King Crunch, uh, good enough guess as well. Uh, no, if you guys remember, they were eating bugs a lot and grubs and whatnot. This one was called Mud and Bugs. Mud and Bugs. Yep, guess y'all never had it. That's okay. Doesn't great. sound really appetizing. Yeah, great, great, great marketing there. Great, great, great job getting the kids to eat that one. All right. Ian, you got to pick your category. All right. Just bit me last time uh, with... Uh kind of arcane knowledge of bombings in Italy, but let's go with news. <laughs> I do remember that one. And your decade is the 50s. Okay. <sighs> in 1957, the Soviets launched this satellite into space. It orbited for three weeks before its batteries died and then orbited silently for two months before it fell back into the atmosphere. That's got to be Sputnik. That does got to be Sputnik, and it is Sputnik. Correct. All right, Scott, it is your pick. I'm going to go movies. Okay. And your decade is the 60s. Okay. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Ranks 11th on the American Film Institute's list of most memorable lines, and it comes from what 1967 Paul Newman film? Oh, I don't know many Paul Newman films. Uh, 
One that I do know is the Towering Inferno, so that's my answer. The Towering Inferno is incorrect. Ian, you get a chance to steal it. That would be Cool Hand Luke. Yes, it would be Cool Hand Luke. All right. Very smooth, very cool. Ian, you get to get the steal and pick your category. All right. Uh, let's go with slang. Slang. And your decade is the 50s. In the 50s, you might hear people call their eyeglasses this, though I don't think adultery was a prerequisite. <laughs> uh, adultery. Their eyeglasses. Adultery. Oh, um, they're cheaters. Cheaters is correct. Good, good job. Woo. All right. Uh, he's doing pretty well. Scott, you're not doing as well. No. <laughs> but it's your turn to pick a category, so maybe you can get on the board. Uh, let's go music. All right. And your decade is the 2000s. All right. And we have a trip to the Throwback Lounge. I am going to lounge sing some lyrics and Scott... You've got to tell me the artist of this 2002 Billboard number one hit. I was like, good gracious ass bodacious ho, flirtatious trying to show faces, looking for the right time to shoot my stream, you know, looking for the right time to flash them keys. Then I'm, I'm leaving, please believe in, oh, me and the rest of my heathens, hey. Thank you. That was great. <laughs> Before you even started singing, Adam, I said 2002 number one hit. It's probably hot in here, and it was, and that's by Nelly. That is by Nelly. <laughs> Good job. I saw John had a face palm right there as I was <laughs> singing those lyrics. <laughs> All right, Ian, uh, you got to pick your category. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's go with. Let's go with literature. And your ticket is the 60s. Okay. This Truman Capote novel released in 1966 details the murders of four members of the Herbert Clutter family in a small farming community of Holcomb, Kansas. That would be In Cold Blood. That is In Cold Blood. Name one Truman Capote novel. And that's all I would say right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I pretty much had it with the first three words. Yep. <laughs> All right, uh, Scott, please pick your category. And left, we have sports, toys and games, fashion, and TV. I'll go TV. Okay. And your decade is the 60s. Okay. The 60s Batman show was full of fun camp and family-friendly bangs and pals. Adam West played the Cape Crusader, and which actor played the Boy Wonder? Oh, man. Crap. This is one of those where I know it, and as soon as you get on the show, you can't think of it. Ian is holding his head. He's probably feeling the same way. Yep. Uh, I think I have the first name, but not the last name. I don't want to give anything away, so I'm just going to skip on this. I don't want to give Ian any sort of clues. We do follow Jeopardy rules where the last... Uh, name is the most important. Right. First it's name it's alone. the first name that I have. So yep, that's fair enough. <laughs> All right, Ian, you get a chance to steal it. Uh, I've got a name in my head and I, I don't 
know if I'm mixing it up between him being Batman's ward, um, but I'm going with Burt Ward. Does that sounds right? Burt Ward sounds right, but it is also right. Good job. <laughs> I, I had Burt, and I just could not think of the last name. Yep. Yep. All right. He gets the steal, and you get to pick your decade. Uh, I get to pick my decade? You, no, no, no. You know what I mean. You've heard the show. You've heard the show before. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, see, so yeah, I got toys, sports, and fashion. Let's go with toys. Sixties? <laughs> is your decade is the sixties? <laughs> All right. This board game launched in 1965 was known as Frustration in the UK. Players compete to be the first to send four pieces all the way around the board using the pop container to roll the die. Yep. Uh, I, unless I'm mistaken, I think this is sorry. Sorry is incorrect. Scott. Really? Yep. Scott, oh. you get a chance to steal. Yeah, I know what it is. I, I needed that. Oh, thank you, Ian. Uh, it's fun getting into trouble. So I'm going to go with trouble. <laughs> trouble is correct. All right. Woo, good job with the steal. You did need some points there. All right, and what do you prefer, Scott? Do you prefer fashion or do you prefer sports? Uh, it depends on the day. Today I'll take sports. Okay. Your decade is the 2000s. Okay. In 2006, Sam Hornish Jr. won the Indianapolis 500 in dramatic fashion. Hornish overtook this third-generation racer literally in the final straightway to win by 0.635 three-fifths of a second. The margin of victory was the second smallest in Indy 500 history. All right. Not big on uh, IndyCar racing. It's it's not a an interest of mine, but I will go with Andretti. You did pick up on the third-generation racer. It was Marco Andretti. When in doubt, say a famous last name like Andretti. Good right. job. All right, that leaves fashion for Ian. Your decade is the 60s. Wow. Well, Does your die have more than three sides? Yeah, what they're really trying that's... to do is they're trying to put over the new decade. Yeah. That... You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's half of our questions have been from the 60s in this round. Okay. <clears throat> the original version of this footwear, as defined by Andre Courage. Why do, I, why do I write questions with names I can't pronounce? Um, uh, the original version of this footwear, as defined by Andre Courageous, um, so that's what we're going to go with, um, in 1964, were white, low-heeled, and mid-calf in height, a specific style which is sometimes called the Courageous Boot, or Courageous Boot. Uh, since then, the term for this footwear has come to include the knee-high, square-toed look with block heels that were very popular in the 60s and 70s. I can read it again. <laughs> <laughs> I butchered it, and I can do that again if you need me to. Yeah, if you just want to All right. call him courageous, we'll call that even. But yeah, yeah I'm going to need that question again. <clears throat> yep. The original version of this footwear, as defined by Andre Courageous. Yeah, let's go with that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, in 1964, were white, low-heeled, and mid-calf in height, a specific style which is sometimes called the Courageous Boot. Since then, the term for this footwear has come to include the knee-high, square-toed look with block heels that were very popular in the 60s and 70s. I'm going to spell his last name, see if you can figure it out. C-O-U-R-R-E-G-E-S. And one of the E's has a accent c-o-u 
R-R-E-G-E-S. And the first E has a has an accent. Has an accent. Yeah, I I don't know either. Okay. Um My guess would be Corage. Corage. I like that. That is probably far closer. Corage, the Corage. Said square toe. Yep. Knee high, square toed look with block heels that were very popular in the sixties and seventies. I'm I'm drawing a blank here. I don't know. And it this is gonna be a complete guess. Um uh just going off of old pictures that I've seen in history books, I'm gonna say Pilgrim. Pilgrim boots, maybe? Pilgrim boots is incorrect. All right. Scott, you get a chance to steal. I have no idea. <laughs> um Yeah, no clue. Um some sort of boot from the sixties and seventies. <clears throat> uh I will say it's a Space boot. Space boot is incorrect. It's not a bad guess. It's not a bad guess, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure my mispronunciation and overall bobbling of the question didn't help y'all. Uh, but no, these knee-high boots were called go-go boots. Go-go oh. boots. Okay. Yep. All right, so that is the end of round one. John, could you please let us know where both of our players stand? All right. Despite not having a single question in the 70s, 80s, or 90s, <laughs> it was a fairly high-scoring round. Ian has 50, and Scott has 30. Okay. All right. Well, let's get into round two. And because Scott went first in round one, uh, Ian gets to pick for Scott in round two. Okay. So, since that last round went so well, or uh, that last <laughs> question... <laughs> Let's go with fashion. <laughs> and your decade is the 80s. This questionable American clothing brand was founded in 1981. Their signature style was that of stoned washed denim, lighter in color, softer, and more form-fitting than the competitors. I'm going to say it's Guess. Yes, it is Guess Jeans. That is correct. All right backfired yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right uh scott you get a pick for ian uh let's try food for ian okay Ho- hoping decade... for another like mud and bugs kind of difficulty question i am, <laughs> I am. oh yeah <laughs> and your decade is the 70s 70s Diggum Frog became the animated spokesperson for this Kellogg's sweetened puffed wheat cereal starting in the 70s. He still continues to grace the cereal boxes today. Another cereal question, though. Yeah, and it's been a while since I've had these. I was hoping you had never had them. <laughs> it's been a while since Ian's eaten the cereal. <laughs> Sorry. I loved that song. <laughs> um, I'm not sure I remember the... F- the actual name of it, though. Um, I'm going to go with Sugar Smacks. There are three answers I would accept. Honey Smacks, Smacks, or their original name, Sugar Smacks. So good job, Ian. I was I couldn't remember if Honey Smacks and Sugar Smacks were the same cereal or yep. not. Yep. Oh, they, I was they, hoping you didn't get it. They changed in the uh, the 80s when there was the very anti um, against, you know, anti having sugar, sugar yep, in the name. Yeah. Of course, yeah. the sugar content is one of the highest in cereal, but <laughs> <laughs> they're very good. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, Ian, you get to pick for Scott. Um, yeah, let's see. Um, let's go with um, movies. And your decade is the 90s. Cam Neely, Boston Bruin right winger, kicked ass as Seabass in this 1994 comedy. I would have known this even if you didn't just released a blast from our past <laughs> episode about this. Uh, this is Dumb and Dumber. Yes, it is Dumb and Dumber. Oh, man. Fun movie. And that is a nice little bit. Yeah, Boston Bruin, Cam Neely. Ooh, good times. Good times. All right, Scott, you get a pick for Ian. I'm going to give Ian literature. And your decade is the 70s. Mr. Flint began publishing this monthly pornographic magazine in July 1974. It's often considered more explicit and more lowbrow than its competitors, such as Playboy. Worth it just to see John kick back in laughter. <laughs> um, well, um, I'm going to have to, uh, you know, the, the people might not like this question, <laughs> but I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Flint and his hustler. Yes, uh, good call to the film The People versus Larry Flint and the actual uh, court case that ensued from that. Uh, correct, it is Hustler. I was trying to think of, you know, literature spans a lot of different things. And so, <laughs> including that. <laughs> so. All right, Ian, you get to pick for Scott. All right. Uh, let's go with, um, with TV. And your decade is the 90s. Okay. Daria ran on MTV from 1997 to 2002 and is a spinoff from this other MTV animated show that began in 1993. I'm going to say Beavis and Butthead. Beavis and Butthead is correct. I always have to say it that way because it's fun. <laughs> More fun that way. Uh, all right. Good job. And Scott, you get to pick for Ian. We are moving quite along and getting a lot of questions right. I'm enjoying this. Yeah, this is much better than my, my last showing. Um, <laughs> Same here. Oh, let's see. This is when it gets tough because, you know, you like all the ones that are left. Let's, let's uh, give Ian toys and games and hope that he confuses uh, trouble for sorry again. <laughs> <laughs> and your decade is the 80s. This 2D puzzle video game released in 1984. It takes place in a series of caves each of which is laid out as a rectangular grid of blocks. In a series of caves? I don't remember this being a series of caves. Um, it was released in 84, you said? 84, correct. It's a puzzle video game. I'm going to go with Tetris, but I don't remember it being caves. Tetris is incorrect. Scott, you get a chance to steal. Well, the only steal I would have had was Tetris, so... Uh, yeah, the caves is is not uh, not giving me any help here. Um, let's just say a cool game that might be real called Blockhead. Blockhead is incorrect. No, uh, this one actually, I think John, you might have done a question to this like a long time ago, uh, but it's called Boulder Dash. Boulder Dash, or oh. you know, so. All right, Ian, you get to pick for Scott. So we've got news, slang, music, and sports left, right? That is correct. Okay. Let's give him news. News and politics. And your decade is the 80s. 
This landlocked country located in southern Africa between the Zambezi and Limpopo rivers, bordered by South Africa, Botswana, Zambia, and Mozambique, became independent from official colonial rule of the UK in 1980. Oh, boy. Okay. Don't think they taught me this one in history class. Don't, uh, don't remember this. So I'm just going to say Zaire. Zaire is incorrect. Ian, you get a chance to steal. Um, yeah. African geography is not a strong point. Can you read the, the question again? I can. This landlocked country located in southern Africa between the Zambezi and Limpopo rivers, bordered by South Africa, Botswana, Zambia, and Mozambique, became independent from official colonial rule from the UK in 1980. Um, I don't know. Um, it's wrong, but I'll say Rwanda. Rwanda is incorrect. No, oh, yeah, tough one. Some of that, uh, I, I also struggle with African um, ge- uh, geography. I need to get that locked down because you get, tend to get a lot of questions because it's just something that's weak for everybody. No, this is Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. There's wrong, something wrong like guy, the wrong Z country. Yeah, other, <laughs> yes. All right, Scott, you get to pick for Ian. Uh, let's give Ian sports. Okay. And your decade is the 80s. Okay. Making up for that first round. Yep. At the 1984 Summer Olympics in Los Angeles, this person won a gold medal in the individual all-around competition, as well as two silver medals and two bronze medals. Her performances made her one of the most popular athletes in the U.S. Before I say something that is just a knee-jerk reaction, let me think about this. Make sure I'm not thinking of somebody else or that there's somebody else that's more obvious. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Mary Lou Retton. Mary Lou Retton is correct. Good job. All right. And Ian, you get to pick for Scott. Are you going to give him slang or are you going to give him music? I'll give him music. Okay. And your decade is the 90s. This Alaskan artist's debut album, Pieces of You, hit number four on the Billboard 200 album chart and included hits like Who Will Save Your Soul and Foolish Games. I was hoping this would be a question about a one-hit wonder from the 90s because I know a lot about them. (laughs) Yes. But I know this as well. Um, Don't Sleep on uh, Hands. That was probably my favorite song of hers in the 90s. This is Jewel. Who will save your soul? Is that just like her, right? Uh, Yes, it is Jewel. No, she's, she's actually quite good, and I'm not a good singer. But All <laughs> right, Scott gets the points, and Ian is left with slang. And your decade is the 60s. This word originated around 1965 to describe teenaged girls or young women who sought to initiate sexual liaisons with rock musicians. Oh. <sighs> um, I know this. It's not coming to me, though. Um, I'm just going to go with groupie, but I think that there's a, another term that I'm trying to think of. I'll go with groupie. Groupie is the term I was looking for. It is groupie. Really? Okay. Yes. I, I thought there was one that was slightly more vulgar than that, but I can't think of it. So Possible. Well, I'll... groupie is the one that came about around 1965. Excellent. So good okay. poll. All right, that is the end of round two. John, could you please give us our score updates? 
Scott was able to close the gap a little bit. Uh, Ian has 90 and Scott has 70. Yes, yes. All right. It still could be anyone's game. Uh, And now we're going to go into our final round. And as y'all know, you need to uh, pick your categories that both of you have to answer to, uh, to get your wager. So, Ian, as you are in the lead, what category would you like one of the questions to be in? Uh, let's go with let's go with slang. And your decade will be the seventies. And Scott, what category would you like the other question to be in? Oh man, I'm stuck between two. Got to make the right choice here. Um, let's go with sports. And your decade will be the sixties. All right. So both of y'all need to put down your wager based on getting both of these questions in the categories of 70s slang and 60s sports. Let me know when you're good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. I'm going to start with the 60s sports question. In 1961, he won NBA Rookie of the Year. Then during the 61 to 62 season, he became the first player to average a triple-double. Later in life, he would win an MVP award, an NBA title, and was elected to the Hall of Fame. All right. And now your 70s slang question. This phrase is a verb that means to intimidate someone through hostile confrontation or threats. The word was originally a noun that referred to a 1950s-era secret society in Kenya that sought to push out European settlers through terrorist activities but became used as a verb in a 1970 Tom Wolfe book. It is, it is easily the most difficult slang question I had, and it just happened to land on it. I feel bad for y'all. Um, I will reread it. This phrase is a verb that means to intimidate someone through hostile confrontation or threats. The word was originally a noun that referred to a 1950s-era secret society in Kenya that sought to push out European settlers through terrorist activities, but became used as a verb in a 1970 Tom Wolfe book. Wow. Yeah, while these guys are thinking about their answers, and they're going to need to think because uh, <laughs> they are two, two tough questions, particularly that slang one. I, when John landed on the 70s, um, I felt bad for y'all. Uh, so maybe, but maybe y'all get it. Because uh, you just might know it. Uh, anyway, I'm going to recommend every single person out there listen to People Don't Forget. It's an absolutely wonderful podcast. Uh, the host is actually on the show. And his name is Scott Grimes. Uh, it's a great, great nostalgia cast. We really, really appreciate him uh, joining the Beef Up Network. The guy makes awesome content. I love listening. I've listened to every single one of his episodes. Uh, he goes through kind of bigger genres of, of bigger topics throughout, throughout different years. It has some awesome guests on it. That's uh, a great, great show. Make sure you listen to it. Make sure if he starts up a um, Patreon, give him all your money. Uh, he, it is an awesome show. And I don't know if Ian has a podcast, but listen to it too. <laughs> oh, man. It's all good. Take your time. I can reread either question if either of you need me to. Yeah, if you don't mind doing the slang one, one more. Yep. I know it's a lot, but. It's okay. This phrase is a verb that means to intimidate someone through hostile confrontation or threats. 
The word was originally a noun that referred to a 1950s era secret society in Kenya that sought to push out European settlers through terrorist activities, but became used as a verb in, in a 1970 Tom Wolfe book. And actually, I, I want to make one clarification. Um, I have it. I have it here where I says where I say it's a phrase, and then I say later it's a word. It's a hyphenated word. So however you would say that, it's hyphenated. Oh. So it's so there we go. It's it's you know it's a hyphenated word. Okay, that maybe helps a little bit. Yeah, because I, I realize that saying it's a phrase in one sentence and a word in the other is confusing. Well, at least at least used in this way, it's hyphenated. <laughs> Just to confuse y'all even more. All right, I will lock in my answers. Yeah, I, I'm locked in as well. Okay. If you need more time, I can keep be- keep singing some more Jewel for y'all. I can serenade <laughs> you if that, if that helps. <laughs> no. Uh, all right. Well, it sounds like you guys are ready to give your answer. Scott, as you were behind, how about you start us off with your 60s sports answer? Uh, yeah, so I was pretty sure that this is uh, the big O, Oscar Robertson. All right. And what is your answer to our 70s slang question? I spent a lot of time on this one just thinking of, of words that would be like, you know, to bully or with force. And the only thing I could come up with was strong arm. All right. And Ian, what was your answer to the 60s sports question? Yeah, so 60s sports, um, especially basketball, is not a strong point. Um, I don't even know if this uh, really fits chronologically, but I'll, I went with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. All right. And what was your answer for the 70s slang? Strong arm sounds real good, but I went with Shakedown. Shakedown. It's a great Bob Seger song. Shakedown, breakdown, everybody's rocking to the sound tonight. Sorry. Um, I think that was on the uh, uh, Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack. Uh, All right. Here are your answers for the 60s sports question. Uh, He won the 1961 NBA Rook of the Year. Uh, Then during the season, he became the first player to average a triple-double. It is the big O, Oscar Robertson. Uh, He is one of the all-time greats, for show. And our 70s slang question. John gave me a weird look when I said for show. I could tell. <laughs> I'm not, I can't pull that off. I'm not good with slang. And apparently I'm not good with writing slang answers or slang questions because this one was very stump worthy. The uh, Kenyan secret society uh, that was kind of using terroristic acts to uh, pull out the um, kind of uh, European settlers uh, were called, it was called the, uh, uh, the Mau Mau Uprising. And the book that Tom wrote, Tom Wolf wrote was called Radical Chic and Mau Mauing the Flack Catchers. So the, the, uh, the slang is Mau Mau or Mau Mauing. Wow. So very difficult. Yeah. Uh, I felt bad. The other, all of the other slang ones are actually very easy. Uh, so you guys just, unfortunately <laughs> it's, that's how the dice rolls. So, um, neither of y'all are getting points, but, uh, let's see. Uh, what y'all wager to see just how much things are going down. All right, Scott, what did you wager? Big fat zero. Zero. Uh-huh. Okay. And Ian, what did you wager? Well, I kind of, I was hoping that Scott was trying going to try and double, and I went with 55. 55. John, that means you got to do some math and let us know who won the episode. Uh, with a final score of 70 to 35 and mounting a comeback, Scott is the winner. Whew. Whew. 
Wow. Wagering meant everything this episode. All right. Good job. Congrats, Good Scott. Job. You get to continue on in the tournament. Uh, Ian, <clears throat> unfortunately, this is the end of your tournament run, but we will have you on again. No worries there. Uh, is there anything you'd like to, to say or just kind of, you know, shout out or, you know, curse uh, the Mamaw Uprising or anything? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of it too, and I didn't know it was used as a as a slang term. Um, yeah, but um, uh, yeah, as far as shoutouts go, uh, just um, you know, as as uh, things open up here, um, just be careful out, out there, everybody, and um, go uh, go volunteer at a, at a humane society and, and take a dog for a walk. Um, they they need some attention too. So, yep, there you go. Yes, they do. Uh, Scott, I'm not going to let you talk because you're going to continue on. You'll have a chance to talk again later. And Fair enough. As I already said, everybody, go listen to People Don't Forget. It's a fantastic show uh, if you need to hear more of Scott. so All right. That was another episode of our tournament. Really excited about that. So for John, I'm Adam, and that was another episode of Throwback Trivia Takedown. Thank you for listening to Throwback Trivia Takedown. If you want to support the podcast or if you'd like to be a contestant, Go to patreon.com forward slash throwback trivia takedown and pick a tier that's right for you. If you want to submit questions, you can email them to throwbacktriviatakedown at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. We'll see you next time when two new contestants go head to head in nostalgic knowledge on Throwback Trivia Takedown. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host oh, hey, Dean. Oh, hey, hey, Tim. Dean? Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode, this is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays, and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then... Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Talking back.